When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. I am your host, Taylor Nolan, and today I'm super excited to finally, finally answer some of your questions about counseling. Now, if you've been listening since the very beginning of this podcast, I might have answered some of these questions along the way, but a few weeks ago, I did a Q&A on Instagram and I'm t- literally typed up every single one of your questions. Uh, it's about 60 different questions um, and consolidated it all into basically four different uh, topics. So first is seeking a therapist. Second is working with a therapist. Third is becoming a therapist. And fourth is being a therapist. So a lot of questions around these four um, areas surrounding counseling. And I want to share with you guys a little bit of kind of my opinions and my path and some helpful tips um, around all of these. So... um, yeah, so we can get right on started. This is also my first solo episode ever. So uh, it feels a little bit different and you guys should definitely let me know how you like a solo episode. Um, usually I, I enjoy talking with other people, but today I'm just going to be talking to myself and I guess all of you. So wherever you are, wherever you're listening, uh, I hope that this information is helpful. So first, let's get into seeking a therapist. One of the questions I got over and over and over again is, how do you know when is the right time in your life to start counseling? How to know when counseling is the right path for you or to know if it even is the right path for you? So first, I just want to start off with saying that counseling can really be for anyone at any point in their life. One of the most important things to remember when it comes to seeking counseling is that you don't have to go when something goes wrong. There can be everything going perfectly fine in your life. Uh, You know, you can feel like your life is very balanced and you're very happy and going into counseling can still be a beneficial thing for you. Um, I think it's important to note that all counseling is not crisis centered um, and that when you think about it like it's your car, you know, you fill up your gas, you fill up your car with gas uh, every week or so um, and you take it in for regular checkups. You don't only pay attention to your car when it's broken down on the side of the highway. At that point, you're in, a, you're in for the long haul of treatment there. Um, and so I like to think of that almost as a little bit of a metaphor for seeking counseling, that it can be something that you do for maintenance, for emotional maintenance, for relationship maintenance, um, for just kind of checking in with yourself and having that accountability um, that it's okay. It, and on the flip side, it is also okay to go uh, when a crisis does happen and it can be helpful. Um, I think it's important also to note here that 
when you have been going and you have that relationship developed, then when something does happen, you have that support. You have that teammate to to help you know, utilize those tools that you've been working on um, in actual practice. Um, I'll also say if you're questioning whether or not counseling is right for you at this time, the fact that you're even thinking about it, I think, is a good sign that you're feeling like it could be helpful. And if you're just even questioning it, I would say go for it. Um especially if you've never tried it before, but are curious, uh, you know, take, take a chance. You got to step outside of your comfort zone to, um, have that magic happen as they say. Um, and to kind of follow up from that, another question was that when you go and search for a counselor, one site that I recommend frequently is psychologytoday.com. Uh, but saying that then even once you're there, that you don't know how to choose the right counselor, even after you put in your filters. So you can kind of filter on psychology, on psychology today for your specific insurance, for your, uh, you know, the sex of your counselor, for what kind of issues you're looking to talk about, um, for what kind of approach you're looking for. And I, I will say I do have some problems with these filters. Um, this is somewhat of a side note here, but I think it's important. Um, I've gotten requests from women to see me as a therapist, specifically looking to find a woman of color, which I will say there is not a huge amount of representation for people of color in the wellness field. So I do find it very problematic that psychology today does not have a filter for that when we have filters for things like religious preference of a therapist. Um, I think especially because that is such a underserved population of people where mental health is often even, you know, even more stigmatized, um, that having that filter there could be really helpful. Otherwise you are just kind of searching through all these people that don't look like you. And I think that that can be super helpful to find someone, a huge part of counseling is even your therapeutic relationship. So if you're seeing someone that you cannot relate to whatsoever, you're likely not going to feel comfortable opening up to them. Um, it's a very vulnerable space. So that's one issue I have. <laughs> um, I don't remember now what my second issue was. But, oh, the second issue with um, searching for approach in those filters that I think oftentimes uh, clients, people who are searching for a therapist might not be educated. Like you guys might not know what all these different approaches are. So even having that filter is like problematic in some ways. Um, I think it is definitely beneficial if you are searching for a therapist. Um, so look at what some of those approaches are and Google them and read up on a little bit about what they are. And you know, you'll kind of get a hint of like, oh, this sounds like something I would like, or like, no, I don't want to go there. Um, you know, if you don't want to sit and unpack your relationship with your mother, then maybe a uh, psychodynamic approach or a psychoanalytic approach is not going to be one that you're going to want to go see. <laughs> um, so that's just a small example there. But I think when it comes to the filters and when you're 
searching through the list of clinicians in your area, um, it can be overwhelming for sure. And it can feel like there's a lot of pressure to pick the perfect one. And am I going to pick the wrong one? And is this going to go terribly? Um, and I, there are some things that I think you can do before you get into the therapist's office to unpack if it might be a good fit. And this is also a, a question, um, some of these follow-ups of, you know, searching for a good therapist, no one's a good fit. How do I find a good fit? How do you find a therapist that will work for your needs? What's the best way? Some tips on vetting a counselor. <laughs> so all of these kind of go with this initial question here of how do you even choose the right counselor kind of after filters or even with no filters. Um, so like I said, kind of searching what their approach is. Um, second, I would say take a look at their website, read a little bit about them. What are they sharing with you in terms of their background, in terms of where they've previously worked, what their license is in, Researching that information, I think, can be really helpful. Um, and most therapists will do a, you know, 10, 15-minute consultation call that's free to you to kind of touch base and see if you guys would be a good fit. If a therapist or counselor does not um, do this, I would request this. <laughs> um, I would ask, you know, in in your email and your reach out to them of saying, you know, hey, are we able to have a consultation call? I'm interested and want to see if we'd be a good fit. Um, because in that first call, uh, you have the opportunity to ask them some questions and to see what the initial vibe is. Um, so one of the things I think that you can ask is, you know, what what got you interested in wanting to be a therapist? Um, I think that can give you a little bit of background on um, why this is important work to them. And also when you share with them what your needs are, um, that you can then ask them, do you have experience in this? <laughs> uh, you know, they've got to tell you the truth on that. So either they have or they haven't, and it's something that they feel confident in because they've dealt with something similar. Um, or they might have a friend or someone that they can refer you to who does specialize in that issue specifically. Um, but I think really at the end of the day, you will really know uh, that your counselor is a good fit kind of once you've gotten started. And I'll get to that a little bit uh, later later in this episode when we talk about working with a therapist. Um, but I don't think it's something that you're either going to get red flags right off the bat or afterwards, once you've started a little bit, you'll start to realize something's a little bit off. So yeah, I would do some background checking on them. I would ask them, you know, if they feel like they've had, if they've had experience in it, if, you know, if they think that, uh, that they'd be able to have space and time to see you um, and just asking what kind of work they do and what therapy looks like with them um, because it can be a really scary thing to do. Um, sometimes you just have to pick someone and go. I mean, there are a lot of options when you scroll through and maybe it's finding a familiar face. Maybe it's finding someone that has a nice smile that feels comforting. Maybe it's you like the way that their website looks and it feels like 
you know, a, a clean, safe energy. Um, and, and honestly, part of what I even recommend to people is um, reaching out to multiple people. So when you're scrolling through, to not feel overwhelmed that you have to pick the perfect one, but reach out to several and see who you can get on a call with. And then you can kind of, in a way, compare and see who you feel more comfortable talking to um, and then go from there. So this kind of brings me to uh, my next question here that I got was that I reached out to some people in my area and got no responses. Did I do something wrong? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You do not do anything wrong. Um, I think it can be really hard because oftentimes clinicians are full and they keep their ads up and then they just don't respond because they're not taking new clients. So I would chalk it up to that. Most of the times, if you don't hear anything back, it is because the clinician is full and so they're either not checking that advertisement or that email or uh, they just didn't have the time or energy to get back. And that's super unfortunate. And uh, the times that I haven't been taking clients, I have uh, offered people referrals. Um, and so if someone doesn't respond, I think you can always follow up with an email and say, hey, you know, if you're not currently seeing any clients, like do you know of any other clinicians that you would recommend um, who could see me um, and providing that kind of door to where then they might they might see that and say, oh, yeah, yeah, like I can't see them. I forgot to respond to this email. Let me give them some names. Um, so I think that's one option there is to follow up and ask for referrals. Uh, but also I would just keep on trying. And I know it's so hard and I know it takes a lot to reach out in the first place. And this is, this really is the hardest part is just getting in the door, which is literally the last question for this uh, section. (laughs) Advice on getting your foot in the door and getting connected. That is literally the hardest part. Um, Many people actually no-show first sessions uh, because of this fear of just even what is this going to be like when I get in the door. Um, And again, like I said, hopefully you have had this consultation call with the, the clinician so it feels like you already somewhat can gauge a vibe. Um... You've maybe seen on many of the ads, people put pictures of their offices so you can kind of see like what the couch looks like and what the lighting's like. And those things are at least important for me in terms of feeling comfortable and setting it as a comfortable space, Um, even when searching for a therapist and when conducting my own therapy. Um, So it's, it's really you have to just be committed to taking that step to get help. And through the obstacles, staying dedicated, um, it can feel so easy to, it can be so easy to feel discouraged and you're so not alone in that. And and that's okay if you feel discouraged. I don't want you to beat yourself up for that, but also know that there will be someone who can help you. So staying dedicated to 
continuing to send those emails, to making those calls, to saying, can you hop on a consultation call for 15 minutes um, to see if we would be a good fit, to seeing what their license is, to seeing what their therapeutic approach is, to really doing your research here. And I think this is difficult because in all other areas like our dentist or our um, physical care doctor or even our massage therapist, in none of these professions really do we do a lot of research on the person. I mean, maybe you guys do. And if you do, I think that's fantastic. But in my in my circle and in my experience, that's never really been, it's just who takes my insurance and who's available and how much does this cost. Um, and with therapy, it is so different because it's not just this physical thing that you're dealing with. It's very emotional. And it's something that, you know, the relationship that you have with who this clinician is and what what the what the relationship and connection is between the two of you will make or break you feeling comfortable to actually do the work that you need or want to do, need and or want. So doing that research will make you feel hopefully more comfortable with the person that you've picked. If that consultation call goes well, then you move forward and you schedule an appointment. And that that first day, you know, if this, if this is your first time ever going into counseling, honestly, take a moment to be compassionate with yourself and to celebrate that. Um, the fact that you go to your first session, you know, t- tell, find one friend that you can talk to about this and say, I scheduled a session. Like I scheduled my first therapy session and like, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> um, and even telling your therapist that, you know, I've had many consultation calls with people who are literally, I can tell that they're nervous on the phone. And then it's walking through that and saying like, yeah, this is your first time. And that's very normal to feel nervous. And like, that's okay. You know, like we can get some of those nerves out. Um, and yeah, it just getting connected, getting that foot in the door. I would just say you, you really have to be dedicated to follow through and be committed to that. Um, especially, you know, for most of you, I believe, who have asked all of these questions, um, you know, you would be considered a quote unquote high functioning client and are voluntarily going into counseling. Um, in the past, I worked in substance abuse and a lot of that was involuntary uh, court ordered um, referrals to be in treatment. And in this, I think it, there's such different worlds uh, going and seeing a clinician because you are committed and dedicated and are ready or think you're ready are, you know, considering that therapy could be helpful and you're not totally sure. So you just want to check it out a little bit. Um, but it's, this is really like on your own um, that, that you are making these decisions. And again, I think finding a friend to kind of help with accountability, to kind of share this with um, can be super helpful in getting your foot in the door. Someone you can text that first day and say, I'm going to my first session. And afterwards kind of debriefing of saying, you know, I liked this, I didn't like this, or maybe for you, it's you need to journal it out and kind of process what that felt like. Um, it's, there's, there's so many other things I could say on this. Um, so I guess during a solo episode is not so difficult. (laughs) Um, 20 minutes in here, but yeah. I would say those are some of my main 
tips and advice in terms of seeking a therapist. I hope that's helpful. I know that it is such a difficult process to go through, especially if you are a first-time client. Um, But I hope that some of those tips help and let me know if you guys have more questions about kind of your first session seeking a therapist after this section. Um, Now I would like to move a little bit into the fact that you've got your foot in the door and working with a therapist now. So when you work with a therapist, people are going to have such different experiences. Um, It's going to depend on what issues you're bringing. It's going to depend on where you're at. It's going to depend on where the therapist is at. Um, And I was, I got to say, I was a little surprised (laughs) because many of you had questions related to not enjoying the work that you were doing with your counselor. So we'll start with the first question here, which asks, how do you seek a different therapist in the, in the same practice when you don't click with your initial? So that's tough. <laughs> the second question, um, what's the best way to tell a counselor that you don't think they're a right fit for you? Next question. How do you communicate to your counselor that you aren't enjoying your sessions? And let me see. Yeah, those are the three main ones related to not necessarily having a positive experience with who your actual clinician is. So first, I just want to acknowledge that not every counselor is going to be suited for every client. And that's okay if you don't feel like you like your therapist. That doesn't mean that, you know, therapy isn't for you. Uh, One thing I will say is that at the core of talk therapy, which is psychotherapy, which is counseling, um, is that hopefully you're developing some communication skills that hopefully this is a safe space to be honest And it is a space that is focused on the kind of help that you need. So honestly, it's, it's really not, it's not about the counselor at all. If you are not enjoying your therapy, your, your counselor needs to know that. Um, now for this first question, if you want to seek a different, uh, therapist in the same practice, um, if there's a receptionist there, I think you can broach that conversation with her uh, if you don't feel comfortable addressing that conflict. So this is like my first option here I'm giving you is not the one that I would pr- first recommend doing. This this one is your out, okay? So your out in this is asking the receptionist or you know if you see that therapist in the practice or have access to their email of reaching out to them to start that conversation that's your out. Um, but if you feel like your counselor is not a fit, if you want to communicate to your counselor that you aren't enjoying your sessions, if you want to seek a different therapist in the same practice because you don't like your uh, counselor, you have to tell them that. <laughs> so how do you communicate that? At the beginning of your session, um, depending on 
what your therapist does. Sometimes you go in and your therapist will say, okay, you know, what do you want to get out of today? Or what should we focus on today? Or how are you feeling today? How was your week? Um, (laughs) This feels awkward giving you guys this advice because I, it's, it's not easy to do. And I know it's going to put you in a place where you have to be uncomfortable. And to me, that's the fun part because that's where the work is done. (laughs) Um, But I also know that sometimes that this is going to take steps. So I would hope that your therapist and you have some open communication there um, where you would feel comfortable kind of saying, you know, I don't know that our last few sessions or I don't know that since I've been in counseling that it's really helped. Um, I feel like you don't really understand what I'm experiencing or something like I don't always feel better when I leave our sessions and I don't know why that is. Or even saying something like, oh, this is so hard. (laughs) Um, I think broaching the conversation of, I would like to discuss, you know, therapy today in my session. Um, I think it would be most beneficial for me to discuss like my progress working with you. Um, And it's, I don't want you guys to worry that you're necessarily going to hurt your therapist's feelings. Um, They should definitely have the skills to check themselves on this. So if a, if a client were to come to me and, and share that, you know, that they don't know if counseling is actually working for them, we would start to unpack that. And you can always ask your therapist for a referral um, and say, you know, take the example I used earlier, say that you are a black woman and you are seeing a old white male as your therapist. I think you have every right to say, you know, I feel like the issues that I'm discussing in here that you can't totally relate to. And I just don't feel as comfortable talking to you about these issues. Do you have any referrals for other women of color who I could see as my therapist? Something like that. Or say, for example, you are an 18-year-old girl and you are seeing a woman in her 60s um, and saying, you know, I just feel like maybe seeing someone closer in my age range would better understand and be able to help with what I'm struggling with. Um, Now, I want to clarify, in those examples, I think those people, depending, this is going to be different for everyone, that it does not mean that because your therapist is different from you, that they cannot do productive work with you. I want to make sure that's very clear. Just because your therapist is different than you in age, gender, religion, um, sexual orientation, uh, background, anything, that does not mean that they A, won't work with you, B, that they can't work with you, and C, that, um, that they wouldn't be a good therapist for you. I hope that that makes sense. So 
again, very difficult conversations to initiate. Um, and I gave you your out. So you do have an out. You could always just, you know, go and find a new counselor and not reschedule with that original counselor, which actually, as I'm looking at your questions, I am happy to see that none of you really actually even talked about doing that, that you guys actually were wanting to communicate and tell your therapist this. So that kind of shows me that you guys are wanting to continue to work with your therapist just in a better way. And I think one of the things that uh, that clients often lose sight of or that as counseling continues, that isn't always readdressed is that this session is for you. That me as a therapist, I am here to help you help yourself. This session is all about you. You are paying for this service. You know, if you're getting your nails done and the woman is painting all over your hand, (laughs) you're not just going to let her paint all over your hand. (laughs) You're not going to, I mean, I guess in some cases you're going to let her pick your color for you. Uh, but you know, you're going to pick your color. Like imagine if in every nail salon, if you walked in and they were like, Hey, this is the color you're going to do. And you just were like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And they had no clue what it was that you actually wanted to work on because you didn't say anything. So if you were to walk in and say, you know, oh, I really want this shade of uh, nude or I really love this shade of red, um, but I'm not sure which shade of red is going to look best or that I'll like best. Hopefully that, uh, uh, I want to say esthetician, but I don't know if that's the right word, Um, but the woman that's doing your nails would offer you an option of, oh, well, we could do, you know, one on each finger if you want to sample it and try it. Um, Or we can test it out and see if you like it. Uh, That she's giving you some options there that you guys kind of end up working together. But that's because you've communicated to her what it was that you were kind of looking for. So I really hope that, that this example makes sense in terms of, you know, if you don't speak up and if, you, if you've just gone about counseling, just going in every time and she's just picking up your color or he's picking up your color and just trying to guess and be like, okay, I think this is what they want out of this because this is what we talked about when they first came in. Um, that, yeah, that makes sense that, you know, if you're not communicating upfront with your therapist, what it is you want to work on, they're not going to know what it is that you want to work on. And then you're going to end up not enjoying your sessions because they're not actually talking about what you need to talk about. Now, if they're practicing something uh, like this question, is it okay uh, to tell my therapist I feel like what they're doing isn't helping? CBD doesn't help me. Absolutely. Um, Therapy is depending on what kind of therapist you're seeing, um, is a very like collaborative approach um, where, again, that communication and rapport has just, it's got to be built for work to really be done. Um, So it is totally okay to tell your therapist, oh, you know, I don't think CBD is working for me. Um, Again, that's where asking your therapist more questions about how come we're using CBD and 
a CBD, CBT, <laughs> um, of why are we using this approach? You know, what made you, uh, choose this approach? Um, what other approaches do people sometimes use to treat what I'm dealing with? Asking those kinds of questions. Um, and if you are doing your own research and you find something else that you think is interesting to you, bring it to your therapist. If you're like, oh, I heard of this thing or I came across this article of this kind of treatment um, or this technique and you know, I'm really curious if this is something that you've heard of or if you think it's something that would be helpful to me and opening the door for that conversation um, because a, a huge part of counseling is you feeling empowered to make these decisions and to be included in your treatment. Um, it's, it's so, 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 so important. Um, I hope that, that those tips make sense. Um, another question with working with a therapist was that I, I had a bad experience with a counselor when I was younger. Any tips for going back? So I actually, I see this all the time um, where people have gone in the past, they've seen a therapist and it was just terrible. They were either forced to go or the therapist did not get it at all. Um, And it can feel very uh, daunting. Even if you hadn't experienced it prior, say you just go to one session and it felt like this person was super weird and you didn't connect at all. And then of being like, I don't want to go back to do this. This was just too much. <laughs> like I, I was super vulnerable and then this person didn't even get it. Why would I want to put myself back in that? Um, and this is where I like to compare it almost to like making friends as an adult. Because while there are very specific boundaries in the counseling setting, this still, there is a layer of friendship Um where you know it's 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 this rapport that you build with a with this professional uh counselor so it's like yeah you go out you're making friends as an adult it's really weird to do um some people you're like oh i loved doing this with them but then we went and did this other thing and they were so weird and then you're like that didn't vibe or you know you make a friend and then they hurt you and then you're like no, that didn't work. But that doesn't mean that you don't ever go on to make any other friends ever again. Same thing with dating. You go on a bad date. Does that mean you're, that you don't go on any other dates ever again? You might take a little break. That's fine. Um, but I would caution you to not let it deter you from ever going back to see anyone ever again. Um, and in terms of actually how you go back, I think you really have to remember here and remind yourself and maybe even talk through this with a friend where just because it didn't work out with one therapist doesn't mean it's not going to work out with the next one. And that it's okay because not every counselor and client relationship is going to be a good match. Um, And it's unfortunate, but Sometimes it does take a few. Um, And again, that kind of goes back to what we talked about in the previous section of, you know, being dedicated to that and saying, I want this help. So I'm going to be in control of my treatment. I'm going to make sure that I get that treatment. Um, And again, in terms of tips for going back, it really does also depend because people's experiences could be so specific. Um, 
I'm really, I always struggle at coming up with good examples. So I hope that these examples thus far have been helpful. Um, but tips for going back, definitely try to process why the last time was a bad experience. Um, what it was about that dynamic or about that counselor that you did not enjoy. Um, and major tip actually when you do go into that first session again with someone new, explain that. Say, yeah, I was in counseling before and this was what happened and this was the dynamic and I really didn't enjoy it. So like I am kind of nervous to be back and, you know, it took a lot for me to even get in here today. Um, but I just felt it was important to share with you, you know, what my experience was last time because I really do want to have a good experience in counseling now. Um, and again, leaving that door open for, you know, if you don't think that we will be a good match to work together, or if I feel like we're not a good match to work together, then could I please have a referral of some other people maybe that you think, you know, after what we talked about could be, um, helpful for me. Um, I think again, just that, that open communication. Um, and then the last question for working with a therapist, uh, is kind of surrounded around assisting someone else who's going through counseling. So the question is, what is the best way to support someone going to therapy? Do I ask how a session went? So I think this very much depends if this person was already going to counseling before they met you. If this person entered counseling uh, since you have known them, I think those are two very different dynamics here. Um, if someone has been going to counseling for a while when you entered your relationship with them, friendship, coworker, friend, whatever, um, sister, mom, whoever, uh, I think it's totally okay to ask, you know, do you want to talk about therapy? I want to be here to support you. And I think it's great that you're going to therapy. And, you know, I've seen it impact you. Positive, positive, positive examples. <laughs> and I just want you to know that if you do want to talk about it, that I'm here for you. And I'm really proud of you for doing this. And maybe it's, maybe it has inspired you in some way. Maybe you share that with that person. Um, because I think at times it can feel invasive and that person might want to keep it to themselves. Um, and so asking just, you know, I want to support you. And I think this is great that you're doing this. Um, if you want to, if you want me to be involved in this, I am willing and ready and open for that. Um, but also at the same time, that kind of question allows them to say, you know, it's just kind of like between me and my therapist, um, you know, and then, then you, then you kind of know <laughs> that the best way for you to support them is just to kind of let them have that. And if they do respond with that, I think it's totally okay to say, okay, how, how can I support you then? Um, you know, for me, I'm a talker. And so, I thought that maybe you would want the support of kind of talking about it with me, but I don't want to cross your boundary. So 
you know, how can I be of support with you going to therapy? And maybe they just say, you know, I, I don't, I don't need that. Like I'm fine just going and, um, you know, leaving it at that. And that might feel uncomfortable for you, but that's for you to sit with and, and process. Now, on the other hand, if this person has started seeking treatment since, uh, since you have been in relationship, uh, whatever that may look like, I think it's very, uh, okay to ask, you know, what made you want to go to counseling or again, a lot of that positive words of affirmation of letting them know, maybe being vulnerable yourself that, oh, you know, I have been in therapy before. And just, you know, if you do want to talk about it, like I found processing my sessions afterwards with a friend to be super helpful. And I just want you to know that I'm here for you. Um, something along those lines. I'm saying a lot of example sentences. So I just know that there can be so many different ways that people experience this. So uh, definitely, you know, try to phrase these things as your own, as what feels authentic to you and what kind of situation you're in. But I think always giving that person the option and the space to just know that I care about you. I'm proud of you. I'm here for you. And however you need me or want me, I will try to be. I think that can be really powerful. I think it's totally okay to ask, you know, do you want to talk about how your session went? Maybe not asking right off the bat when they get home, how was your session? What did you guys talk about? (laughs) This person has just debriefed all of that. (laughs) And oftentimes what some people can experience after a session is feeling a little drained. You know, they might feel a little bit like they just need a minute um, because all that stuff is, you know, if they haven't done a kind of breakdown and like uh, a little bit of a closeout to the session and summarization of the session, then some of that might still be kind of looming and they might need some space to process that. So I think asking do you want to talk about it with me is totally okay. And I think asking and just saying, you know, hey, yeah, I know you had therapy earlier today. Like if you do want to talk about it later, um, you know, I'll be free around blah, 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 whatever. I hope those are helpful. Um, That's it for the working with a therapist. The next two sections that you guys asked about We're about becoming a therapist and being a therapist, both of which you guys asked many amazing questions on. And a lot of you guys really wanted to know my personal journey in counseling Um, and not so much personally, but like professionally. Um, And I have experiences in both, uh, which again, many therapists do. And I think for me, seeing a counselor who has never been in any kind of therapy is a red flag. So perhaps in your vetting, uh, you can ask that, you know, of like, oh, like, have you ever gone through your own kind of counseling? Or like, are you involved in any kind of consultation groups, which means that they meet with other therapists to kind of debrief and stay up to date on, um, 
you know, education and just, it's kind of just like a little support group for therapists where you can uh, get other perspectives on cases while maintaining confidentiality. Um, and is just really good for, really good for clinicians, especially in private practice to not kind of just get so in their, set in their ways in a way, um, where they're kind of staying more alert because they have that extra social support. Um, so, for me to talk on both sides of this, of being both a client and being a therapist, um, and all of your questions about kind of how I became a therapist, um, I've already been talking for 43 minutes <laughs> solo, and I know I've said a lot of ums and uhs and pauses, and I think I'm going to give myself a little bit of a break here, but I will definitely do a part two to finish up becoming a therapist and being a therapist. And we'll talk a lot about social media and what that looks like being a therapist. And I'll share with you guys some of my journey and what school was like and what my internships were like and um, and just what counseling has looked like for me the last three years. Cause it's been, you know, there were day, there were weeks that I was in counseling three times a week. Um, which again is just a lot of aftermath kind of from everything with the bachelor. But, um, yeah, I'll be super honest with you guys about that. And I hope that it can be helpful and educational at the same time. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this solo episode. Please let me know what your thoughts are. And perhaps the next episode I do discuss with someone else if you guys don't prefer the solo. Um, So yeah, let me know what you guys think. Um, I love, you know, you can send an email to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And also always, always love getting your reviews on iTunes and seeing where you guys listen and what episodes you like. Um, I love like literally when you guys specifically say which episode is one of your favorites um, so that I kind of know what's helpful because I really only want to do this if it's helpful for you guys. And if you guys feel like it's something that you're learning from and something that helps you feel less alone and, you know, is helping better your life in some way. Um, to me that, that kind of work is really important. And so you guys definitely keep me on my toes and making sure that I'm up to date on that work and that what I'm doing is effective. So I super appreciate you guys. And I just can't believe I've been doing this for over a year. Like it blows my mind that, that I get to kind of have this dialogue with you guys and it really, it, it means a lot to me. So I really value your feedback um, and hearing all of your stories too. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm going to drink some water and not talk for two hours. <laughs> so have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.